Being a dad is hard work. We know it can get tough. So here's to you, fathers. For all the creases ironed and the villains defeated. For all the lessons taught and the projects tackled. For all the games lost on purpose and all the games you showed no mercy. Here's to you, the Buckin' Broncos, the Face Makers, and the Multitaskers. Here's to you, the Pillow Ninjas, the Makeup Models, and the Dance Partners. Don't give up. They're counting on you to make a difference. They need you to make them laugh and to hold them when they cry. To be there through thick and thin, through every good day and bad day. They need you. The world needs you. Now more than ever. Today we salute you. Whether you go by dad, daddy, father, or poppy. Thank you for all you do. Good morning, everybody, and happy Father's Day. How exciting to see everyone here this morning. Um, I want to let you know fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers are people who are standing in the gap for fathers. On your way out, there's a nice ice-cold bottle of uh, Dad's root beer waiting for you. So grab one on your way out. There's also a photo op. If I, if I sound like I'm breathing heavy, I just ran back from the children's department. But anyways, there's... There's a, also a photo up there where you can get a, a nice picture with your dad. We have a crown for dad to wear so that, you know, at least he'll have one picture that proves that he is king of the castle. So go ahead and get that taken when you're on your way out. Here at uh, Salem Fields, we uh, connect. One of the ways we connect is by giving and by giving tithes and offering. Um, if you uh, are going to be giving, Please uh, visit, we have the giving kiosks outside here. You can give online at salemfields.com backslash giving. Or if you're watching us online, hello everyone online, uh, you can, there's a green button on the top that says give. You can click that. If you're a guest with us, we just want you to enjoy being with us, connect with us, and we would love to know some more about you. So you can go on to salemfields.com slash guest and we have a connection card. You're not signing up for anything. We just want to know something about you and how we can serve you and get you connected. Now, some of you who know me well know that, you know, the way I'm dressed is nothing, nothing uh, unusual. But for those of you who might not know me, I'm really excited about our Independence Day celebration, which will be Saturday, July 3rd here. It starts at 5.30 to 10. We're going to have games. It's going to be a tailgating party, so bring your food, bring your own food, bring your grills, whatever. We're going to tailgate. Kona Ice will be here, so do bring some money for the kids so they can get a Kona Ice. And we're going to bring your chairs or your blanket because as soon as it gets dark, we're going to show that all-American favorite, the Sandlot, out on our big screen. So it's going to be an exciting way to celebrate Independence Day together. Pastor James will be finishing his CrossFit series today with some great summation. And starting next week, he's going to start his summer series on the book of Revelation. So I hope you'll join us for that. And speaking of Pastor James, 
Today is Pastor James' birthday. So if you see him, feel free not only to, not only to say happy birthday, but ask him how old he is. Anyways, so before I leave, I'd like to say a prayer for all your fathers. Dear God, thank you for fathers. Thank you for grandfathers. Thank you for those who are standing in the gap for fathers that are absent or fathers that just can't be here. Lord, you put fathers in our lives to train us, to encourage us, to inspire us. And the father is the head of the household, and he's the one who wears the spiritual mantle in the household. Lord, for all our fathers and our, those who are standing in it for fathers, we just pray for the Holy Spirit to just give them a new spiritual mantle today, that they would feel your Holy Spirit coming upon them in a new and fresh way to empower them and energize them for what you have called them to do. You have called them to be fathers, and there's no greater call than being called to be a dad. And Lord, we just lift up everyone in the building today, that they would feel the power of your Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus Christ today, and that they would take that with them out into our world that so badly needs you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Let's stand to our feet as we worship together. It's good to see you on this Father's Day. You guys ready to worship? conquers all anxiety let it rise let praise arise we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything we sing with all we are and we claim your victory let it rise let praise arise Down every wall, watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lift him high. For all creation cries, God, we praise you. Like 
like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise We'll see you break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall We cannot survive when we praise you God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lift him high For all creation cried God we praise you We'll see you break down every wall yes, we will. We'll watch the giants fall You cannot survive when we praise you The God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lift him high all creation cries, God, we praise you. Oh, 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 we praise you. Oh, oh, oh we praise you. Oh, 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 we praise you. Let your praise rise. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Father, we worship you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that we have nothing to fear for you are with us. The dark tried to hide you and steal you away. Yeah. It did try to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy fought you, he tried, but he lost. You cannot be stopped. We cried out for freedom, you tore down the walls. The weight of our burden. You carried it all. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Our fears and our failures hang dead on the cross. Because you cannot be stopped. We say, Immover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus has triumphed. Over the grave, sing hallelujah. The battle is won, nothing can stand against our God. We stand on your victory, we shout out your praise. Yes, we do, yes, we do. We worship you, Lord, your miracle maker. You're mighty to say. 
always faith. You're awesome in power, relentless in love. Cause you cannot be stopped. Immover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus has triumphed over the grave. So we sing hallelujah. The battle is won. Nothing can stay against our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. Declare that this morning. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. No, there's nothing. No, there's nothing. Who needs to believe that this morning? There's nothing. Yes, there's nothing that can stop our God. You see His faithful. There's nothing that can stop our God. He's always with us. There's nothing that can stop our God. No, there's nothing. No, there's nothing. Yeah, we declare, go. There's nothing that can stop our God. Oh. If there's nothing that can stop our God, come on. If there's nothing that can stop our God, no, there's nothing. No, there's nothing. Mover of mountains, breaker of chain. Jesus has triumphed over the grave. So we sing hallelujah. The battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. We sing hallelujah. The battle is won. Cause nothing can stand against our God. Nothing can stand against you, Jesus. We thank you for the confidence that we have in you this morning, God. We worship you, Father. The reign of darkness now has ended In the kingdom of light In the kingdom of light Forever under your dominion you're the king of my life. You're the king of my life. You reign above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. On the cross, the work was finished. God, you poured out your life just to give us new life. Lips of the forgiven, hear an anthem arise. Jesus, you're alive. You reign above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart. 
is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all the heaviness, the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. said the darkness running out of an empty grave seated alone in glory and thrown on the highest praise you said the darkness running out of an empty grave now seated alone in glory and thrown on the highest praise you said the darkness running out of an empty grave, now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You set the darkness running. Out of an empty grave, now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You set the darkness running. Out of an empty grave, Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Yeah, you reign above it all. You reign above it all. Yeah, you reign.
It's because of what he has done on the cross that now makes his spirit and his power available to us. And I wonder if we're honest with ourselves sometimes, if, if we feel like the power of God was for then. Or we read these scriptures and we see God move and we see him resurrect and we see him heal and we see him transform. And if we sometimes just think that that was for then, that he's not still active and still doing those things today, but I'm here to tell you this morning, he is. The same God that was yesterday is the same today and the same to come. He's still performing miracles. You know, I've seen those miracles evidence in my own life and in my own family as God has brought physical healing and emotional healing. But I, I even remember, you know, being a part of a, a moment here where somebody had cancer and we prayed over her. And, and in that moment as we were praying, she felt just this warmth wash over her. And I remember her saying that God has healed me. I, I know for a fact he has just healed me. And she went back to the doctor that week and She's like, I don't know where the tumor is, but it's gone. Fast forward five years later, she just went back to that doctor and said, hey, it's five years later. You are completely clean. Clean bill of health. It's gone. It's not going to come back. See, he's still active. He's still doing those miracles. And, and you might still be praying for a miracle. It might not still be as instantaneous as that, but he's still the same faithful God. And he still wants to move in your life. And it might not be a physical healing that you need, but it might be a spiritual healing. It might be an emotional healing. You might be carrying just a wound that he still wants to touch and he still wants to heal. And it is for you. It's not just for them or that person. It's for you. He's here for you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be in communion with you. So when we worship him and we lift up the name of Jesus, we're lifting up the power of God above all of our problems above all of our circumstances, above the finite way that we look at our lives, to the infinite possibilities that lie with our Savior because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. And so can we continue to worship him? Can we continue to just prophesy over our lives and over our nation and over the world that the same God that has moved in still wants to move? He still wants to heal. He still wants to bring restoration. He still wants to bring revival. Just think we need to be a people of faith. The world needs to see us be a people of faith that's saying, you know what? I'm going to believe God for impossible things because he does the impossible. The empty grave testifies to that. And we have testimonies in our own life that testify to that. And we're still going to proclaim that truth. We're still going to prophesy that truth right here, right now, over this room. Everyone joining us online, over our nation, and over our world. So let's just worship him. Let's just believe God, that you can do the impossible, that you are still moving, Father. God, our hearts are open to you. Let us see that you are bigger than anything. Let us see your heart. Let's worship. Stories that have proved your faithfulness. I sing miracles my mind can comprehend. 
There is beauty in what I can understand. Jesus, it's you. Jesus, it's you. Oh, I mean, you're the wonder-working guy. You're the wonder-working guy. All oh, the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe. The wonder-working guy, and you heal because you love. All oh, the miracles I've seen, you're too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. All the miracles I've seen. And I can resurrect a man with my own hands. Just the mention of your name can raise the dead. And all the glory to the only one who came. Is Jesus it's you? Is Jesus it's you? Come on! And I believe you're the wonder-working God. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen, it's too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God. And you heal because you love. It's too good to not believe. It's too good to not believe. It's too good to not believe. After everything I've seen, it's too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. faithfulness Lord let our song rise to you we seen cancer disappear we seen broken bodies heal don't you tell me he can't do don't you tell me he can't do we seen real life resurrection we seen mental health restore don't you tell me he can't do don't you tell me he can't do we seen families reunited we seen prodigals return don't you tell me he can't do don't you tell me he can't do we seen troubled souls delivered we seen addicts finally free don't you tell me he can't do don't you tell me he can't do go We'll see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me. Come on, prophesize me. We'll see glory fill the nations like the world is never safe. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me. Oh, the miracles I see, it's too good to not 
sign is saying, God, I'm going to choose to trust in you. No matter what situation I find myself in, no matter what I see on the television, no matter what's going on in my life, as a declaration and as a choice, just can you lift your hand and say, I'm going to choose to believe in your word. I'm going to choose to believe in your goodness. I'm not going to choose to believe as the world sees, but I'm going to choose to believe in the power of the blood of Jesus and in the name of Jesus. The same name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The same power that conquered the grave, that now lives within me, that is now present and active in the world, that is still doing miracles. I'm going to choose to believe in that God. And I'm going to choose to declare that faithfulness over this generation. I'm going to choose to declare that faithfulness over this world. And I'm going to choose to be obedient father that no matter what I feel what my emotions say I'm going to choose to believe in you God so as a declaration can we just lift our hands say we're going to be a people that trust in you Jesus we're going to be a people that enters every facet of life saying you are Lord you are the God of the impossible and we're going to choose to believe because I believe You're the wonder-working God All the miracles I see Too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God And you heal because you love All the miracles I see Go! Too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God Come on! You're the wonder-working God All the miracles I see It's too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God And you heal because you love All the miracles I see It's too good to not believe It's too good to not believe, Father That we choose to trust in you Father, we declare that over our own lives and over this world. Father, speak to us. Be the Pastor James as he delivers this word and, and puts a finality on this series, God, that you have grown us and you've stretched us, Father. And I just pray that you would give us a fresh word this morning that we can respond in obedience and faith to God. God, be with everyone here, everyone under the sound of my voice, Father, be with them. Be with their need. Be with what they're facing in life. Them experience the living 
working God that you are. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Great band. Thank you, guys. I, I said in the first service, I know I'm older because uh, some of these guys were teenagers, uh, not even in high school, but middle school <laughs> when I was here as executive pastor. So I am, uh, I am uh, uh, getting older. I'm so glad that you're here today. And to all the dads in the house, I applaud you. I congratulate you. Thanks for being there. Thanks for standing in the gap. And today uh, we're going to wrap up our CrossFit series and I can't think of any better message for dads and for uh, guys who are standing in the gap with their families and granddads and people who are spiritual dads and, and everybody else, all the women in the house as well, uh, than to wrap up on this message that talks about what it means to continue to continuously grow spiritually. I just think it's really, really important. As belongers, there's, it's not just enough to have a situation where we come and we give our lives to the Lord. And that's extremely important. And we do that by grace through faith. And, and God comes into our lives and, and Jesus becomes our Savior. But we're also called to continuously grow and become more and more like Christ. And so what I've been trying to challenge you uh, for about 18, uh, for 18 weeks, we, this has been a 13-week sermon series. We did five weeks of vision in the middle of it. But for 18 weeks, we've been talking about what it means to grow spiritually and to be involved in these exercises that it will help us become more like Jesus. And we've been using this narrative of, of CrossFit. Becoming physically fit and understanding the principles of becoming physically fit so that we might become spiritually fit. And so I want to just kind of remind you of some of the things that we learned during these 13 weeks. Number one, spiritual growth is all about balance. That balance is important in our lives. And as we are balanced in our lives, we can grow spiritually. That we must remove growth barriers if we are going to grow. If we're going to grow spiritually, there's some growth barriers in our lives. And God will point those out to us. And we must be vigilant in removing those. We learned that chewing on the word of God, meditating, is important. And it's the key to opening the rest of the spiritual exercises and aids of growth. The act of worship involves how we live our lives. If you think worship is just what we do when we gather, whether we're online or in the building here, you're mistaken. Worship is a 24-7 response to God of your surrendered life. 24-7 worship. We learned that God had a spiritual growth plan. It just didn't happen that, that God enacted the plan from the very time that the creation started. And as Jesus rode into Jerusalem that very last time, he put that plan in action. We also learned that for spiritual growth to happen, that the cross... The cross of Christ needs to be front and center in our lives. It needs to mess us up a little bit. It needs to get in our way, and we need to surrender to that cross. We learned that confession, confession frees us to grow spiritually in our vertical and our horizontal relationships. We learned that prayer is heavy lifting, that solitude kind of proves the way of growth. 
that study is work out in the word, that studying the word is important, that fasting is power lifting on purpose. And then last week we learned that submission is a full salvation made possible for you and I. We've learned a lot of lessons. And so this morning I want to kind of wrap things up for, by sharing the top four lessons that I've learned in the series. Now maybe you learned different lessons but I'm going to share with you the top four lessons that I learned in the series. If you remember our message, our word that we kind of used to buttress this series came from 2 Peter. And here's what it says. Don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complement your basic faith with good character, with spiritual understanding, with alert discipline, with passionate patience, with reverent wonder, with warm friendliness, genuine love, genuine love, excuse me, and each dimension fitting into and developing the other. And then he goes on to say this, with these qualities, active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in the experience of our master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't even see what's right in front of you, oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So, so this call, this call to build on these, these exercises, these spiritual exercises is pretty important. We're called to kind of take these exercises and begin to work them into our lives so that we grow. Did you know that, that, that God's plan was not that you just know him in relationship. That his plan is that for you and I to grow and to become more and more like him. That we're supposed to reflect Jesus. I, I said in the first service, here's the reality. The world loves Jesus. The problem is they can't stand his followers. The world loves Jesus. They can't stand his followers. Why? Because sometimes we're not like Jesus. Sometimes we're like anything else but Jesus. Sometimes we're the opposite of Jesus. And so the world is looking for some belongers, some believers who are like Jesus, who are becoming like. It's not that we're perfect. It's not that we don't make a mistake. But the world is looking for some people like Jesus. And the only way we get there as we begin to work these spiritual exercises into our lives so that we're transformed from the inside out and we become more like Jesus. So let me talk about these top four lessons. Number one, prayer matters. Number one, prayer matters. First Thessalonians says it like this, be cheerful no matter what. Well, I'm missing on that one sometimes. Pray all the time. Oops. That one's tough. Thank God no matter what happens. Ugh. Ugh. Thank God no matter what happens. So if, if my, my Ford dies, my dog runs away, my, my girlfriend runs, thank God no matter what happens. Yes, thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong belongers to Jesus Christ to live. Pray always. Pray continuously. Be in an attitude of prayer at all times in your life. 
He goes on again, Paul saying this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worry, pray. Let your petitions and your praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. I love that. Your praise and your petitions shape your worries into prayer. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming, I love this, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. I love that. There's a directive there, and then there's a payoff or a promise there. A directive there and a promise there. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry in the center of our lives. Prayer matters. See, prayer is the the communication tool. In all our relationships, if we decide that we're not going to be uh, communicating, if we decide that we're not going to be in communication, our relationships die. It happens in all our relationships. If a husband and wife decide they're not going to talk, the relationship will die. There's a a psychologist called Dr. Steve Gutman, and, and he writes a book, and he talks about being able to determine and being able to guess within a percentage point or two on how a marriage is going to make it, whether it's going to make it or it's not going to make it. And he talks about the four, uh, the four horses of the apocalypse that run through marriages. And he talks about with each horse that runs through a relationship, the relationship begins to die. And he says the last horse, the last horse that runs through the relationship is this horse of contempt. Contempt. And basically, he defines contempt as this. When two people decide that I'm done talking, I'm finished. Now, sometimes they decide that because they decide we fight all the time and I don't want to fight anymore, and so I'm done. But he says when contempt happens, when contempt happens, when people stop talking, the relationship is over, and he can tell pretty quickly the relationship's not going to make it. Here's the reality. When we stop praying when we stop being in an attitude of prayer, when we stop communicating and listening to the Father, when we stop praying, you know what ends up happening? The relationship dies. And it's not that God says, bye-bye, I'm out of here. The problem is we don't communicate, we're not talking, and the relationship dies on our part. Prayer matters. See, prayer leads us on a journey of discovering more about God you do understand that prayer is not just us talking to God. Prayer is us, God, talking back to us. And and, in my journey, what God has to say to me has been way more important than what I have to say to him. Because God already knows. It's an exercise in faith for me to share that with God, but God already knows. And so it's listening and talking and this kind of relationships that happens in prayer where I discover more about God and God reveals himself to me. Number two, prayer is a discipline of continuously giving over control or leading to God. It's a discipline where where we say, God, you know what? You are in charge and I am I'm giving myself over to you. I love the passage where it says your kingdom coming, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And sometimes we say, Lord, you know what? If the person next to me would just say, if your kingdom come and your will be done, if my boss would just say, if your kingdom come and your will be done, if my kid would just say, your kingdom come and your will be done, everything would be all right. If my neighbor, if the captain of my, my sports team, if my coach, and the problem with that is that's not something that we're praying for someone else. We're praying that for us. We're saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. What that says is, God, I'm, 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 I'm giving over my life. I'm surrendering my life. I'm surrendering my will. I'm surrendering my goals. I'm surrendering my agenda to your agenda. It's the greatest thing in the world. You know, we, we, we talk about it in the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, Disciples' Prayer, and we talk about it at the end. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory forever. In other words, God, you are large and in charge. And prayer helps us to begin this process of surrendering our lives, our goals, our directions, our careers, our relationships, our sin, our mess-ups, our screw-ups, and all of that, we begin to surrender it to God. And God begins to do that which in, in us which we cannot do for ourselves. Prayer most often shows results when we are faithful and obedient. There's that O word again that we hate, obedient. We, we don't like that word. Prayer it shows results when we're faithful and obedient. We can't say, God, would you do this? And God says, I will do this if you do this. And you say, no, no, God, you do this. I don't want to do this, but you keep on doing this, God. Some of us pray that way. God, I want you to do this. And God says, I, listen, I'm, I, I, I'm for you, and I need you to do this. And we say, no, 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 I want you to do this. Prayer shows itself Shows itself, shows up when we are faithful and obedient. What is God calling you to do? I, I don't have many times that I pray where God, in my, in my prayer time, where God doesn't say, James, you need to work on this. You need to think about this. You need to surrender this. And it's in my faithful obedience that the relationship grows and God begins to transform me one day at a time, one moment at a time. Prayer is placing ourselves in a position for God to change us. Prayer is facing, placing ourselves in a position for God to change us. When we pray and we go before the Father, we, we put ourselves in a position to open our ears and open our hearts and have God change us. And see, God is not just about changing what's, what happens on the outside. He, he's about changing what happens on the inside. So many times in our lives, we spend our time trying to change what's on the outside. And so we get some new outfits and we get a, a haircut or a hairdo or, or, or we, we go to the, the pedicure place or the manicure place or we lift some weights or we work out, we run, and we're doing all this stuff to change ourselves from the outside but prayer places us in a position where God can change us from the inside. And see, inside living 
is God kind of living? Because what's on the inside always come out, always comes out. Now you might say, well, James, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't mean to say that. Or, or James, I don't usually fly off the handle like that. Or James, I don't usually write that kind of stuff on Facebook. Or James, I don't usually get angry. Or James, I don't usually punch someone in the face. I just kind of, I kind of lost it for a second. And I'm going to say to you, no. I'm going to say what's on the inside came out. When you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what's on the inside comes out. And when we're squeezed, what's on the inside comes out. And here's the reality. If you live long enough, you're going to be squeezed. If you live long enough, you're going to have situations in your life that come into your life that begin to squeeze you. And what's on the inside comes out. And so prayer sets us up so that God begins to change the inside so that when we squeezed, what comes out is that which is pleasing to God. So let me ask yourself a question. How's your prayer exercise workout going these days? We've been in this for 13 weeks together. How's it going? Are you better today than you were when we started this series in the area of prayer? Have you, have you surrendered yourself to God and allowed him to change you from the inside out? Number two, so number one lesson, number one most important lesson was prayer matters. Number two, power is needed. Number two, power is needed. Dynamus, power. The word comes from the word to, to kind of explode. Dynamus, all right? So Acts 1 says it like this. When they were together for the last time, they asked the master, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Is this the time? Now, now you might think they were asking about spiritual things, but they weren't. They're basically asking this, God, is, is this the time you're going to overthrow the Romans? Is this the time that you're going to put us on thrones and we're going to be in charge? Is this the time, God, that, that we're going, it's going to be our time? Is this the time? Is this the time when you overthrow the religious authority? Is this the time that we get ours? Is this the time that we get our break? <laughs> and he told them, you don't get to know the times. You don't get to know the times. I mean, they, want, they wanted to know times and they wanted to know dates. And he says, you don't get to know that. We have all kinds of people all the time that are talking about this is the time that's going to happen. This is when Jesus is going to come back. This is when the rapture is going to happen. We don't get to know times and dates. I'm starting Revelation next week. And, and there's not going to be one time in that whole three summer series where I talk about a time and a date. If anybody comes to you talking about times and dates, turn around and walk the other way because we don't get to know times and dates. That's what we want to know. But, but here's, what, here's what God does for us. He gives us what we need to know. Here's what he says. You don't get to know the time. Timing's the father's business. But what you'll get is the Holy Spirit. You'll get the Holy Spirit. And so the question might be, so what? So what? I get the Holy Spirit. But then he goes on to say, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witness. You will be able, you will be enabled, you will be empowered, you will be indwelled so that you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And you know what happened. We talked about it last week. These Frady cats who were hiding out, who were scared they were going to get their own cross, all of a sudden they get bold because the Holy Spirit comes on them. 
There was a promise, and then here's the payoff. Acts 2, 1 through 4, and when the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, a gale force that no one could tell where it came from, and it filled the whole building. And then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started to speak in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. See, God comes on the scene and, and what filled the house began to fill them. And then they were able to do all that God wanted them to do. And they were able to live the way God wanted them to live. And they were able to speak the way God wanted them to speak. You and I need power. We will never grow up and be like Christ. We will never grow spiritually unless the power in God enables us, makes it possible in our lives. So maybe you say, James, you know, I, I got all these plans and, and I keep on saying I want to do this and I want to accomplish this and, and I, I try hard. I take all of my, everything I got and I put it together and for some reason I start a little bit and it works for a little while and then suddenly I kind of return to norm and I can't make it happen, and I will say to you, good, you're not going to make it happen. I can't make it happen. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit in us that allows us, that enables us to do what and be what God wants us to do and be. You and I need power. Here's an interesting thing. Prayer, prayer is what enables our power reserve in our lives. And without power, here's what happens. Without power, we will wear out and quit growing spiritually. Without the power of God in our lives, we will kind of force it in our own humanness. We will force it in our, in our own ability. We will force it with our own intelligence. And what will happen is we'll wear out because our inclination is not to do and be what God wants us to do and be, our natural inclination is to do and be what we want to do and be. Our natural inclination is that we are God in our lives. Our natural inclination is that we are large and in charge. But the power of the Holy Spirit comes and transforms us in such a way that we're willing we're willing to do and be what God wants us to do and be. And then he begins to transform us and gives us the ability to be and do what he wants of us. Power is all about submission and surrender. I talked about this last week. It's God's work in us as we tap out. The power is available it's available to everyone in this room. It's available to everyone listening to me online. It's available to all of us. And our job is to surrender and submit. And then God's job is to empower. See, sometimes in, in our culture, we get it wrong. You know what we want to do? We want to, we want to be the one empowering people and having someone else submit and surrender. Our culture is built on that, the haves and the have-nots. Somebody gets stepped on so that we can rise above. That's not the way it goes in a kingdom 
ethic and a kingdom ethic, we surrender, we submit, and God empowers. And you know what happens in the world? The power structures that we serve and the power structures we are about, someone always gets put down. Someone always gets taken advantage of. Someone always gets walked on. But the power that God provides through his Holy Spirit lifts everyone up. The power that God provides kind of works in all lives. The power that God provides puts us all in one place at the foot of the cross. We need Power. Number four, power helps us achieve what we cannot on our own. It changes us from the inside out. So let me ask you a question. How is your connection to the power source going these days? How is your, how is your becoming more like Jesus going? How is your growing in Christ going these days? If it's a fluttering thing where it's up one day and down one day, it might be because we need to connect to the power source. So prayer matters. Power is needed. And number three, persistence works. See, you see, you can have prayer and you can have power, but unless you persist, and persistence is made possible by power, but unless we persist, we will just kind of stutter in and stutter out. Hebrew says it like this. Do you see what this means? All these prisoners who blazed, all these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means that we better get on with it, strip down and start running and never quit persistence. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins, persistent. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race he's, we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. The exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever, persistence, and now he's there in a place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging, when you find yourself flagging in your faith, when you find yourself in a position where you feel like you can't believe or you can't go on, go over the story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline in your soul's Persistence, that's what Jesus modeled. And he, he wants us to model persistence. He, want, he wants us to persist. Persistence is the spirit-enabled ability to practice habits daily that will help you develop skills necessary for competency and necessary for you to grow spiritually in a particular task or ministry role. Persistence, persistence is important. You can ask anybody who competes on the field or on the ice or on the court. You can ask anybody who does that, and they'll tell you that it's what they do behind the scenes. It's what they do when they're lifting weights. It's what they're doing when they're doing squats. It's, it's what they're doing when they're running laps. It's, it's what they're doing when they're studying the, the playbook. That all of that stuff that they do behind the scenes pays off in public. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with our spiritual lives. What we do in private, our prayer life, our confession, our studying of the word, our meditation, 
as what we do in our private time that shows up publicly. Maybe you heard athletes say, man, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get into all of the stuff I need to get into. I wasn't working out. I was watching the movie yesterday that I showed in a clip uh, two, two weeks ago. Remember the Titans? And I, I love the scenes where they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, they're doing, all, they're doing burpees and they're running and they're, they're doing all of this stuff. And, and, you know, they're wondering, why are you making us do all this stuff? And the coach says, so when the fourth quarter comes and all the rest of the teams are tired, you're going to be ready to go. It'll be go time. Persistence pays off. What you do behind doors, closed doors, is what shows up publicly. The great Muhammad Ali said it this way, the fight is won or lost far from the witnesses. Behind the lines, in the gym, and out there on the road, long before I dance under the lights, the stuff that I do in the background when no one is watching shows up in the ring. Jesus thought this was so important that he told the story. He told the story of a widow. In that culture, a widow would have been a no one. She would have had no husband to kind of get her back. She was nobody in society. And he tells the story of this widow who's had this certain injustice. And, uh, and this widow goes to this judge, and this judge immediately says, I don't care about God, and I care less about people. But this widow keeps on showing up, and she keeps on going to the judge day after day, after day after day, and eventually the judge says, I don't care about God, and I care less about people, but if I don't take care of this situation, she's going to make, she's going to bloody me blue and black with her coming. She's just going to keep on coming and coming and coming. And so he decides that he's going to rule on her behalf. Persistence pays off. Persistence means going at it, giving it your very best shot and not giving up until you, until you, until you reach the desired goal. Persistence is about making mistakes and sometimes failing and getting up and, and not laying down in your failure. Persistence is about continuing to go on. So getting up and dusting ourselves off and, and continuing to go on even after we fail. When I was a kid, uh, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I always thought, like, if you failed, you got to start all back over again. So I, so I, would, I would fall and I would mess up and, and I believe, well, I got to go back to the church and I got to get saved all over again and I got to start all over again from the beginning. That's not how it works. Persistence means that when we fail, we confess. We may even need to put some accountability in our lives. Say to someone, hey, I keep on blowing it on this area. I need some accountability. Will you kind of help me with this? Maybe you need to get in a small group. Maybe attend celebrate recovery for some kind of besetting sin or addiction or whatever. But you get up and you keep on going because persistence pays off. 
Are you persisting in the habits of spiritual growth? Have you been able to keep on going and then the payoff? I love what 2 Peter says, with these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in the experience of our master, Jesus. Do you, you do understand, you do understand that, 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 that growth is important, that, that if you are the same person spiritually that you were a month ago, a year ago, five years ago, if there's been no growth in your life, something's going on. Because if we had a kid and, and that kid did not grow for five years, we would be concerned. If that kid did not progress, we would be concerned. We go to all kinds of doctors and psychologists and all that kind of stuff. But you know, there are Christians who belongers who don't do any growth. It's like I got my get out of hell free card. I got my fire insurance card and that's it. I'm golden. That's not where it's at. God wants us to grow and become more like Jesus. And I think sometimes we get that card and we say, I've arrived and our relationship is dead. And we don't, we, we, don't, we don't have communication with God. There's no power in our lives. There's no persistence in our lives. Jesus did not move into the neighborhood and live among us and die on the cross and get up on Easter Sunday morning so that all we can do is get our get out of hell free card and that's it. He came and moved and died and got up on Sunday morning so that we could have abundant life here and in the hereafter. And that abundant life is not about the faith, wealth, and prosperity stuff that we hear about. It's about becoming more and more like Jesus so that the world might know. So the payoff. 18 weeks ago, we started this. Have you grown spiritually? Sometimes I go back and I look at that 6'2", 158-pound James. And then I compare that to the 200-pound James who's worked out and who tries to uh, stay fit. And I'm reminded that it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. There's a lot of stuff that went into it, a lot of change in some of the practices and habits. Getting up when I didn't want to get up and heading to a gym when I didn't want to head to a gym. A lot of stuff had to happen. And it's the same way in our spiritual lives. It doesn't happen overnight. But with prayer and empowered and persistence, we get the payoff. So let me give you some practical steps for growth to wrap this up. Pray. Number one, pray. Acts, you need a relationship. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Adoration, praising God, adoring him for who he is. Confession, 
confessing our faults, our failures, our sins to him, thanking him, and then, and then asking him for things for, for, for other people, asking, praying for other people. Number two, connect. You need accountability. A trainer, a friend, a family member, a counselor. You need accountability. You need to connect. And so we find, maybe you need a small group, a life group. We find these things so that we can get involved in these things. And number three, surrender. You need power. God, investigate, cross-examine, test, and guide me. You say, James, why is this so important to you? Why is this so important to you? Why do you, why do you keep on pushing this and, and, and pushing this? It's because I know what happens when you and I start to grow. I know the transformation that happens in lives. I know the transformation that happens in homes. I know the transformation that happens on jobs and in schools and on teams and in communities. I know the transformation that happens. And one of the things that we're facing in our culture and our world is too many untransformed belongers. Because I, as many churches, as many people who call themselves Christians in our community and in our world, somehow when people are transformed, it turns the world upside down. Or should I say right side up? So I want to challenge you at the end of this series. How are you doing in this area of growth? One day at a time, one step at a time, prayer and power and persistence will provide a payoff. So I hope that you've been able to track this for the last 13 weeks. If you've, if you've been here, if not, that's fine. You can start today. Say, Jay, where, am, where, I am, where am I today? And God, where do you want me to be in a month? Where do you want me to be in a week? Where do you want me to be in a year? We goal out everything in our lives we go out, goal out our finances. We goal out our jobs and where we want to be in our careers. We goal out our education. We goal out our relationships. Why not goal out our relationship with Jesus Christ? So maybe I'm praying and I'm just kind of praying with my meal right now, but maybe I want to be able to spend in a year 20 to 30 minutes a day praying. Maybe you're spending 20 minutes a day and you want to spend an hour in the future. Why not goal it out? It is God's will for us to become like Christ. And it won't happen. It just won't happen because we just kind of will it. We got to be intentional. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much. For this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that you make possible, you make it possible for us to grow and become like your son. And so, Father, I pray today that wherever we are in our spiritual life, some of us are here today and we don't even have a relationship, and that's all right because today I can't think of any better day. I can't think of any better moment to start a relationship 
with you than right now. And so there might be people in the auditorium listening to me at home who don't have a relationship and they just need a relationship with you. And the good news is even right now, they can whisper a prayer and say, God, I want you. I want a relationship. And Lord, by, by grace through faith, they can come and just say, God, forgive me for doing my own thing, for being in rebellion but now I've come to this conclusion that I want to be in alignment with you. And so would you come in and would you live inside my heart? And you can pray that prayer today and you pray that sincerely. God will answer that prayer today. And then there's some folks here who've been on the journey for a long time, but the growth thing is not happening. And today God wants to make that happen in your life and in my life. And so we can pray a prayer something like this. God, it's not enough for me just to kind of exist. I want to live in the abundance that you have made possible for me. And so God, would you come and would you empower me? Would you help me to pray and persist so that I might see a payoff? God will answer those prayers today. All you got to do is call out to him, and he will answer those prayers. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in these moments. As your people listen to that still, small voice of yours. Now, Father, do what you do best. Transform us from the inside out so that we might be like Jesus, so that an unbelieving world would believe. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Happy Father's Day. Happy birthday, Pastor James, and happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Oh, man, what a series. Uh, we're so glad that you guys have been a part of it. Hey, we just want to be able to come alongside you as a community, help you through, you know, if You've made decisions and you made steps. You know what? I want to go deeper. I want to, uh, you know, just get plugged in or just I, I just need some help uh, in this walk. We really want to encourage you. SalemFields.com slash my response or sorry, my decision. Um, and really just a quick form there just so we can reach out to you, connect in community, help you walk through this journey with you. Uh, we just want to be a part of your life. We just want to help you grow spiritually. So any way that we can do that, uh, we just want to come alongside of you. And so, uh, man, we have an exciting new series starting next weekend. We start the Revelation series. Pastor James has really been working hard on this. I'm super excited about it, you know, so uh, really just come ready. Uh, God's got great uh, things in store for us as he reveals that to us. And so uh, we love you guys. See you back here next weekend. Have a great Sunday. Love you all.